Welcome to The Entertainment Entrepreneur, the podcast for actors, writers, producers, and really anyone working in the entertainment industry with a passion for entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Monica Hammond, a serial entrepreneur in the entertainment industry. Join me as I sit down with Broadway stars, Hollywood favorites, and industry changemakers to chat about their own journeys launching, running, pivoting, and scaling their businesses. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Teal Dvornik, and I am a Broadway dresser, television costumer, and the owner, founder, CEO of the Backstage Blonde LLC. Awesome. So nice to to have you on the podcast today and to officially meet you. I've seen you online for a long time, so it's it's nice to to be here with you today. Thanks so much for having me. Good to meet you too. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk to me. So obviously, I, I'm aware of your Instagram handle and you know a lot of the stuff that you've been up to for a while. But for anyone who doesn't know about your background and your history in the arts, um, tell me a little bit about you know your background in the theater. Yeah, so I majored in theater and costume design at Stanford University and have been working on Broadway as a dresser for about seven years now. I've recently started to dabble in working as an on-set costumer for television shows, which has been really exciting. And almost five years ago now, which is so wild to say, I started my own blog called The Backstage Blonde, and it has just continued to grow and evolve. I'm now a registered trademark and have my own line of merch. I'm on Patreon. And earlier in 2021, I launched a tour guide business where I give walking tours of the theater district. Fascinating. I actually... Um, I didn't realize that you started as a blog. Um, in my head, it was, you know, you were an Instagram channel, you blew up, went viral. Talk to me about um, how you got started with blogging and how you started to develop uh, like a readership. Well, I just remember sitting in my university's cafeteria way back at the, like, the beginning of blogging. Gosh, in like, you know, 2009, like 2010, where Instagram wasn't even a thing yet. And just like Googling like blonde in New York City and New York City girls and just trying to find any sort of content about Broadway, about fashion, uh, just, you know, girls living that city life that felt so unattainable at the time that I was just dreaming of. And then when I finally made it to New York and started to make it happen for myself and became, you know, established in my career, I noticed that people started watching uh, me and my girlfriends on Snapchat and on Instagram. We were very close with an actress named Courtney Reed, who was starring as Princess Jasmine in Aladdin on Broadway. And we helped her launch a choker company called Gag Chokers. Uh, we were featured in Teen Vogue and several different collections that came out. It was really fun. All like different Broadway and princessy themed chokers. Remember, that was such a big trend in like 2016. And it was also the height of Snapchat. And, you know, in our little friend group making the chokers, I was the one in charge of like the social media aspect of it all. And what I noticed was the highest engagement we ever got wasn't in the photo shoots where we looked super cool, like running around the streets of New York. It was always when we were backstage at work, like on the ground in Princess Jasmine's dressing room, goofing off. And people, people wanted access to this like magical land of backstage that no one had ever showed before. And so 
you know, coupling that then with my passion for not just working backstage, but exploring and finding out more interesting stories of the, you know, the fascinating people who had been backstage for the past 40, 50 years on Broadway, uh, the backstage blonde was just kind of born. Not many people to this day still even know that a dresser is a thing, that that's even a career. So um, being able to educate people on the different, you know, job titles there are in the company of a Broadway show has been so fun. Yeah, that's so important. I mean, people obviously think of people on stage, maybe the producers, the writers, but there's so many more people. Like, you know, I work in marketing for Broadway shows. People, I guarantee you never think about us either. <laughs> no, not at all. They just think that, you know, the magic of these 32 or however many actors on stage, like that's it. They don't right. think of all the different um, different uh, career paths that there are on Broadway, which honestly, that's fine. All of our paychecks are clearing, but when <laughs> you find out about the different the different uh, the offices that exist, uh, people love it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, as you started working um, with Pr Princess Jasmine, <laughs> and um, in your you know in your career backstage, when did you start to feel like an entrepreneur and like maybe you could make money off of this or monetize what you were doing? That's such a good question. No one's ever posted in that way before. I mean, yeah, it was definitely sparked in 2016 during all of that. And my parents for years have been encouraging me to, you know, start a blog because I was having such a unique New York City experience that not many people have ever had before. But uh, when we finally, when I finally landed, landed on the niche that I was going to settle into, uh, that's when, you know, it took off. I was like, okay no one there's a gigantic like broadway fandom which is an underserved market i was like no one has ever been a broadway influencer before no one's ever created content making the theater district in times square look cool any new york city influencer at the time they were all you know south of 14th street running around soho and we love those girls we love that area of town but uh i live on a street you know with six different new york city landmarks and I think that's fascinating. So um, really identifying, you know, what, what I was going to be saying, like my point of view and how is that different from any other girl with an iPhone in New York city? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you first started thinking about this more as a business than just, you know, I guess having fun or a hobby or whatever, how did you first, like, what was the first way that you made money from this? Was it, talk to me about that. I think the first way was through selling t-shirts. I came out with two different t-shirts uh, that said strong female lead. And that was a whole other, you know, business adventure learning process that I had no idea how complicated it would be. Uh, you know, even just like paying taxes. Uh, at first I, I literally ordered stock and I would have these t-shirts. I was mailing them out myself. And then I was like, this is insane. And so I found a warehouse out in Brooklyn that would pack the orders for me and keep everything like out in this warehouse. And then that just really didn't make sense either. And I finally through so much trial and error have switched to using a platform called Printful. So now I'm drop shipping. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, it's a little bit more expensive on my end, but like ultimately so much better. So that was the first way I made money. And uh, I've done, you know, then I started doing influencer partnerships 
on Instagram, uh, sponsored posts. And gosh, in the summer of 2020, this was my dad's idea. He was like, you, you need a paywall. And so I researched like the different ways to do that. Cause not many influencers were doing that at the time. Um, and so I joined Patreon and people pay like a monthly fee for additional access to me, whether that's, you know, a zoom call once a month or just being on my close friend's story. So I give them like additional exclusive content and, you know, more access into my life. I, I talk to my close friends stories if I'm just talking to all my best friends. So it's been a, it's been a cool way to connect with my followers. Yeah, that's awesome. Patreon is something, um, I, I think I, I found out about it maybe a year ago and it's such yeah. a cool opportunity for different influencers and artists to build a community and also sort of monetize that community at, at different levels too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen your Patreon, but I know some people do as little as like one or $3 a month. Um, and then it can go obviously up from there, but it's almost like having your own little membership community without yeah. having to have a whole membership platform. Right. Yeah. It's great. And you know, Instagram is, uh, they're coming out with their own like version of Patreon. So it'll be interesting to see what happened this year if how many influencers or you know content creators choose to use instagram now it's this this influencer space and being a content creator it's uh you know it's challenging anyways but the way that things keep changing on a day-to-day basis has been wild (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um i i just find influencer marketing to be so fascinating because for me Obviously, social media is a huge part of any sort of marketing mix. Um, but you either, to me, it's either like you you hit and it works, like what's happened with you, or it doesn't, and it can be kind of a slow grind for a long time. Yeah. Did you find was there was it just something? Was it the type of content you were posting? Was there any sort of you know marketing campaign or anything that you did that suddenly you know had this huge surge of followers or anything? Was it just grinding away? It was grinding away. It was posting <laughs> consistently and. I didn't do as good of a job of this as I could have for sure in the beginning because, you know, it's it's hard not to compare yourself to other people, to the other girls. And uh, I'm not a fashion influencer, but for a while I like kind of tried, you know, mm-hmm. my dad's like, all right, what are you doing? Do you want to be a model or do you want to talk about, you know, theater? And I was like, dad, you don't get it. But I mean, he was right. Um, so posting consistently, but, you know, then like looking at the analytics and Every single time, the posts that got the most engagement were the theater-focused ones, the ones where I was extremely on brand, Um, which, you know, in turn saved me a lot of money. Like, I don't need the professional photographer in the cool outfit. They just want me no makeup (laughs) and sweatpants talking about, you know, a quick change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's awesome. I actually, way back in the day, I I was an apprentice at the Williamstown Theater Festival. Oh, and I was wow. also a dresser. I uh, did Emmy Rossum's Quick Change. It was it was a very fun gig, okay. I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> what an experience! Yeah, um, cool. So over the Broadway shutdown, I think you were saying in 2021. So I guess just last year, um, you got really creative and you started uh, tours by Backstage Blonde. Yes. Yeah. Talk to me about that and how that came about. And did you have to get certified? How does I that work? I did. I did. Well, it was kind of born when, um, so the Broadway shutdown happened in March of 2020. I came back to the city 10 weeks later, like after Memorial Day and was just like living by myself in my midtown apartment. Uh, 
And it was a ghost town. It was really sad and scary. And I would take a, you know, like an evening walk every night. The streets were absolutely deserted. And every night I just chose like a different Broadway theater to tell the history about. And because I'd been, you know, researching and reading about this stuff for so long that it was just, it was really easy to create this content. And it was just on my Instagram stories. And I got such positive reactions to it all that then, you know, Patreon was kind of born out of that. Where my dad's like, you're creating really good content. Like you need to, there needs to be some sort of like payoff with all this. So Patreon was born and then I moved to London for, um, for two months during, yeah, September, October of 2020. And it kind of continued over there, just me walking around and telling stories. Um, my family, you know, sometimes likes to dro- joke that it's like drunk history. I'm never drunk, but you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, Tudor history for dummies or, you know, like the Vanderbilts and the Schubert brothers for dummies. And, um, yeah, just in a really like easily consumable way, just like talking to a girlfriend and my dad was like, Teal, see, he, he's the brains of this whole thing. Like, um, yeah, he's always like, all right, come on. I, I'm so thankful for him too, because, uh, it's, I just feel like it's so important, you know, whether it's a father figure or whoever it is in your life to have someone that's always kind of there to like spur a creative on. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's hard to be a creative and an entrepreneur. There's so many different things happening. You want to be creating and doing all this stuff over here, but then you need to be organized and it's just like, woo. So um, <laughs> yeah, he was like, you love people and you love telling these stories and you already have this like vast knowledge. Um, of theater history. So why not combine all the two? So I studied really hard and I had to take a test through the New York city government. I had to go into a government office. It was a 200 question test, literally about the entire history of New York city from the time the Dutch arrived before the revolutionary war up until now. And there's no study guide. They're like, just learn it. And we're not going to tell you what's on the test. Yeah. So I passed, I have my official license and uh, yeah. And then it was like, okay, now how do I condense down all this information that I know into like an hour or 45 minute walking tour? Um, so I've split it into two. I give like private custom tours too, but I, I do like Broadway's West side, Broadway's East side. And um, there are 41 Broadway theaters. I split it like right down the middle. And one is like the overall kind of like, you know, beginners intro to Broadway. And then the other one goes a little bit deeper and it has been so fun giving these tours. Cause originally when I was like dreaming this whole thing up, I was going to like have plants, like plant my actor friends or my industry friends, like along the route and be like, what are you doing here? (laughs) And like have little interviews with them. But it just started happening happening organically. Like I just run into people, stagehands, actors, like girlfriends on the street, sometimes ex-boyfriends on the street, and never know what's gonna happen. Or like, you know, I'll be like, oh my gosh, look, you guys, look at that truck. They're they're about to bring in the Hamilton dry cleaning. And then we'll watch like all the Revolutionary War costumes get put in the building. Or like, um, sometimes the stage doors will be open and we can get like a little peek of the stage. I think that that's that's been one of the coolest parts of giving these walking tours is that it's different every time and you just never know what you're going to see that day. So it's been really fun. And I keep the group small. I cap it at six people a tour because I want them to feel like they're just like on like a fun walk with their new friend Teal. So yeah, it's been really good. And I, I, you're an entrepreneur, so I know you'll appreciate this. I recently got to raise my prices and uh, yeah, it's That's um, a big deal. <laughs> it's really challenging building something from scratch when there's no blueprint for any of it. But that, I mean, it kind of ties back into my career. Like there was no blueprint on how to become a Broadway dresser. 
I had no mentor, no one to tell me how to do this. But, you know, when you are tenacious and a go-getter and, you know, aren't scared, that scared of rejection and just keep like pounding the pavement, like you can, you can make amazing things happen. I love that. There's no blueprint for this. You're so right. Like I have a, I went to acting school and now I own three companies. I own like a murder mystery company, which I would love to talk to you about sometime. I feel like we could work together in that some capacity so there. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So you, so you're doing these, are they all in person live or do you have some virtual as well? Oh, they're all in person live. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And how are people, are people just finding you from your social presence and just, you know, referral? Yeah, for the most part, it's been social presence. But then recently, I guess I've started popping up in some like Facebook groups, you know, of of tourists who've come to New York City or it's like what to do in NYC. That's how some people have found me, which is interesting because up until now, it's been people who like want one-on-one time with me. They want FaceTime with Teal. They followed me for years. They feel like, you know, we're already friends. And so to have these people in my tours who know nothing about me and um, are getting to know me. It's been, I feel like an actor where I, there's that moment in the performance where you're like, all right, I want them over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're on my side. Yeah. Cause I give all the tours. That's the whole thing. You know, like you're coming mm-hmm. on a tour with me. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like I have to book one of your tours now. I need to, I need to come into the city and do this. <laughs> you need to. Do, I do. Do you, um, do they usually coincide with like people are going to see a show afterwards or before, or is it just people who, who just want to go on a tour? Usually. Yeah. I mean, people are usually here in the city to come and see one of the shows, which is always fun. And I like, I, I love it when people book my tours, one of the first activities they do when they get here, because I, I say this humbly, but I, I think it enriches the rest of their like stay in this area. Um, Cause when you know, you know, that like William Vanderbilt built this theater or the stories behind it or Barbara Streisand made her Broadway debut on this stage, it kind of like, it makes your whole night more magical. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, so how do you define success as an entrepreneur? Oh my gosh, what a question. <laughs> so hard. I, it has to come from within myself. I, I really don't know how to give you a great answer. I do know that no matter how, it's how many people, you know, praise me online in person or say that I'm amazing. It's, it's nice to hear. It warms my heart, but, um, it's, I think success is just something that like you judge from the inside and it's really like, have I done my best? You know, Mm -hmm. have I pushed far enough? Like, did I work hard enough on this project where I'm really, really proud of this result? And, um, you know, as far as starting this business, a lot of it was, there was so much time and money and effort put into starting it. But at the same time, I was scared to. My dad was like, you just have to start, you know, launch it now and go back and edit later. And yeah, so, you know, I decided to hate my business card. So I'm having, you know, <laughs> I redid my website after we launched. I'm redoing like all my paper products after we launched. And uh, yeah, so I think that's where I, I judge success, which is also hard because a business is kind of like a living organism. Like none of this like ever, there's, it's never, it's not like, you know, a piece of art or like building a chair. You're never done. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, I'm glad that I continue to keep pushing, even though it's hard sometimes. Yeah, I think that's that's so interesting. I'm going through something with like my murder mystery business that's similar where I launched it. I was like, I just wanted to get it out there, see what happens. You know, you you just sort of a proof of concept thing. And then as it starts to grow, you're like, oh, I could do so much better. <laughs> like I'm in the process now of redesigning all of my game documents and, and you know, leveling up the production of everything. Right. Um, so you're so right. It is like a living organism. Yeah. Um, well, I believe that artists are uh, make great entrepreneurs or like natural born entrepreneurs. What would you say as someone who has a background in theater, um, what qualities have helped you become an entrepreneur? I think that being extremely organized and very, very self-motivated have helped a lot because anyone can have an idea. Anyone can have a magical creative idea, but it takes a really special person to actually like put the pound the pavement, you know, and get it done. And so, you know, if you're only a hyper creative person, then maybe you need a business partner, you know, that's really good with spreadsheets and binders and keeping you on task. Uh, luckily, you know, that's one of the strengths of having ADHD. I think people, you know, like to talk about the disability of it all so often, but that's definitely one of the major strengths is that I'm good at both. So it's like a superpower. (laughs) Uh, Knowing what you know now, having been in business for a while, is there anything that you would do differently if you could go back and start differently from the beginning? I wish that I would have like listened to my dad sooner about always staying on brand and not comparing myself to like the other girls And by Mm -hmm. that, I mean, you know, like the other New York City influencers. I've never been a fashion influencer. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not selling you lipstick. I'm, (laughs) I'm talking about, you know, one of the greatest American industries in the greatest city in the world. And uh, I definitely lost sight of that at times. I wanted to, you know, look cool. uh, And I was putting out content just for the sake of posting a picture. There wasn't meat behind it. And, um, it's easy. It's easy to get caught up doing that, especially on a day where you don't feel like doing anything, you know, to, to be like, Nope, keep pushing, keep editing, keep editing this post. Like, you know, or, or instead of just throwing a picture up there being like, all right, dig deep, what's in this picture. And how can we like make this on, how can we make this educational? How can mm-hmm. I, how can I serve my followers? How can I give them something that's actually like substantial? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I earn their follow? I love that. It's so, yeah, it's so much more than just, you know, like you said, posting a picture where you look great in an outfit. It's about educating people, at least your brand. (laughs) Um, Well, what are you working on now in terms of your business or also your work as a a Broadway dresser? Well, I mean, I'm working on this, my new apartment. (laughs) Nice. recently moved and uh, yeah, didn't didn't really unpack or get settled for a while because I was so like full throttle on... Um, I'm launching a new business, but that's the thing with Broadway history. There's so much to learn and so much to know. And through the development of this walking tour, like series now that I now have, I've become extremely passionate about building preservation and I, and not just like the building preservation, but preserving the stories of these buildings told by the people who've spent their careers working inside of them and people who work in theater 
are scared of social media. It's a very like fight club mentality. Don't talk about fight club. Number one rule, you know, like no NDAs are ever signed in theater in the way that they are in film and TV. It's like an unspoken rule. You do not talk about what happens here. And I don't on my social media, but what I'm, what I'm concerned about is when this generation of theater professionals who work backstage starts to die in the next 10 years that these stories are going to be lost because they aren't recorded mm. anywhere. Yeah. So I haven't talked about this publicly, but that's like my current project is I'm like, okay, how do I get these people to sit down with me? Cause they don't trust reporters. They they're not going to go on, you know, someone's podcast, but like they trust me because they've watched me grow up backstage and um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, how do I best do this without spooking them off? Mm. Yeah. I could see a very beautiful coffee table book or right? who knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's very cool. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, if our listeners want to find out more about you, uh, where can they go online to learn more? My website is thebackstageblonde.co. And you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at thebackstageblonde. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. I've learned a lot chatting with you and I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking the time. It was good chatting with you too. Thanks for listening to this conversation. This podcast is produced by Mary Dina and supported by Abby Martin. If you'd like to hear more from entrepreneurs in the entertainment space, download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so more entrepreneurs like you can find these conversations. And if you're in the entertainment industry, follow me all year long on Instagram and Facebook at Big Leap Brands. Until next time.